Welcome to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we check in on the health of one of Tucson's major rivers, the Santa Cruz. While much of the Santa Cruz riverbed is dry in Metro Tucson, the river flows year-round from northwest Tucson to Marana, thanks to the release of treated wastewater. Pima County spent more than $600 million to upgrade its wastewater treatment, and since those upgrades were completed in 2013, the water quality in the river has improved dramatically. That's led to improved habitat for aquatic life and other animals, as well as a river people can spend time around and enjoy. Those findings are compiled in the Living River Report published annually by the Pima County Flood Control District and the Sonoran Institute. Luke Cole is the Associate Director for Resilient Communities and Watersheds with the Sonoran Institute and summarized this year's report. This year, we, you know, we're finding gladly that trends continue to improve. You know, we're seeing that the water quality continues to get better. Ammonia, which is a, a, a major contributor to the former pollutants in the river, has decreased by 20 times. It used to be 20 milligrams per liter, which is effectively toxic for, you know, for the, the fish and the small invertebrates that live in the river. And now it's averaging around one milligram per liter. So it's a, it's a real noticeable change. And that, that change happened very quickly upon the upgrades to the treatment plants that happened uh, in late 2009. So fortunately, we've been able to track these improvements since uh, just before the treatment plants were, were upgraded. And we're, it, what we're getting to see is really a, a beautiful resurgence of the river. At the same time, as a result, the water doesn't travel quite so far as it used to. That may be counterintuitive to a lot of people. Can you explain why? Sure. It, it is purely counterintuitive. And it's a, it's a question that is worth, ask, is worth asking. So before the upgrades, and I had mentioned ammonia a little while ago, ammonia is something that nearly all life on Earth needs to, to live. Uh, it's a building block of amino acids, things that make life life. But too much of it, like anything, creates problems. So when we had these high levels of ammonia, we were seeing that things like bacteria and algae were able to use that in as, as, as much as they possibly could. And effectively what they created, and I always use this analogy, they created a slip and slide in the bottom of the river. So the water that was allowed to go into the river would travel farther because there was this bacterial and algal mat that was coating the bottom of the river and preventing water from percolating down into the riverbed. The, the consequences of that, even if you put the poor water quality aside, was that the vegetation that lives right there along the banks wasn't able to access that water. It was millimeters away, but because that mat of bacteria and algae was so thick and dense, it was preventing our native tree species, our cottonwoods, our willows. Those were all starting to die back uh, and this was this was a problem Santa Cruz River wide, not just up here in Pima County. When it comes to that flow and that change in the flow, I would assume there was also a speed change uh, once that slip and slide, as you called it, was gone in the flow. D does that change how plants and, and especially small animals are dealing with the river? Yeah, so natural systems like 
to slow down water. The more vegetation you have and what's what you want, you want to have the, the native vegetation that's accessing the water. You want that to be growing and it creates, it creates drag, it creates friction, and it slows it down enough that it allows for the, the microscopic exchanges of, uh, of molecules and, and nutrients that these plants and vegetation and, and fish need to be able to survive. And at the same time, it's finding its way through those cracks and it's making its way down and recharging the aquifer that lays underneath the riverbed. Pima County is asking the public to weigh in on a series of management plans that it has for the Santa Cruz River. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those plans are and why they're important? Sure, yeah. So this this really came out of um, the, the due diligence that the county and specifically the Regional Flood Control District has done to improve infrastructure along the river. Um, you know, the river goes through a very urbanized center here and we need to be sure that the the earthen banks the levees uh, the things that the loop is built on top of has that structural integrity to be able to absorb these these um, you know large storms when they do come they come pretty large right especially when we get events that are a couple of rainstorms on top of each other so the the county thought you know what while we're in there doing this infrastructural work what more can we do to benefit the environment? What more can we do to benefit the residents of Pima County who are using the river? So, you know, they're looking to address things aesthetically like trash. Um, additionally, we're looking at, you know, or the county, I should say, is looking at wildlife corridors. So how can, how can wildlife access the river safely without crossing the highway or other main arterial roads? And, and beyond that, you know, there's there's the concept of multiple uses of the river. The river needs to be able to be contained safely when it's flooding and, fl and flowing, but we also want people to be able to use that space maybe at the same time. So what sort of engineering solutions can be put in place that will allow for people to be using the river while the river is doing what it's gonna do anyway? So there's a whole, there's a whole slate of these that are, um, that are being evaluated right now. There are 16, structural projects and these are projects in concept so the, the county has decided after talking with the public and after talking with stakeholders hey these seem like things that would be worthwhile for us to put forward based on your feedback now what sonoran institute is doing is we have we've worked with the county and we have come up with a survey for the public to be able to look at what these proposed projects in concept are and say your piece about it do you think this is a good idea any comments, something that we may have missed when we were evaluating this? Will it achieve its stated purposes? So most of the flowing sections of the Santa Cruz aren't within Metro Tucson. So people here might have a little different idea of you know, what the river is when all they see is a dry riverbed with an occasional flood. How can people living in the Metro Tucson area connect more with the river? Well, there, there are increasing opportunities to do this. One one immediate is we now, since June of 2019, we have the Heritage Project reach that's right downtown. So engaging with that stretch of the loop south of the city um, is a new opportunity that people have. But even sort of a little bit north of the city, north of Grant Road, there are any number of parks, you know, up around Camino del Cerro. There are just all of this beautiful riparian habitat that the loop connects to. 
So, you know, mix up, mix up your, your regular routine, put your bike on the, on the back of your car and drive it a little bit farther North. If you don't have the, the full bike in you, I know I don't, but you can get up there and you can experience a lot of the river that, like you said, it's different from what it looks like downtown. 2020 has been labeled the non-soon in terms of our average summer rainfall. How do you think that'll impact the river when you all look at it next year? Because there was so much less rain. Yeah. So the Santa Cruz River, it's a really, it's a really particular, very unique river in that the stretches that are perennially flowing down in Santa Cruz County, um, up here in, in Pima County, in all of our various stretches, they're all managed. They all come from reclaimed water, water that comes into the river when there are storms, that water gets captured. Uh, anything that goes down the drain, that gets treated to among the highest technological standards that there are and released back into the river. And people have been putting water down the drain at the same rate they have pretty much since 2019, 2018. You know, that's, it's, a, it's a very steady source of water. So in that sense, there really hasn't been a whole lot of variation in the base flow that you could expect in the river. Um, but when you don't have storm events, you allow the system to really, it settles a little bit. When you have a big storm flow that comes through, the bottom of the river gets all churned up. Um, that allows for water to percolate in uh, at a higher rate than it otherwise would. So I think what we may see in, in, in after we get a couple of storms that come through is potentially a change in the extent to which the flow goes downstream because there there may be clogged pores effectively in the in the base of the uh in the in the riverbed that are keeping that keeps the water from percolating down so um also the ash flows that came down from the from the fires earlier this year there are you know particularly north of the city there are some very clear dark gray stretches that you see in the riverbed uh, and that's such a fine fine particle that that may also be clogging some of the drainage. So we do need these big storm events to, they kind of reset the system. The Arizona Department of Environmental Quality is, is working on a draft plan right now to create a statewide surface water protection plan. Do you have any thoughts on that with regard to the Santa Cruz and, and everything else? Only, only to the extent that uh, for all of the, for everything that we've been able to document, all of the benefits, all of these upgrades that have happened over the last decade plus, um, they really demonstrate the, the utility, the worth, the natural history, the cultural history of the Santa Cruz. Um, and, you know, it being so important to this population center here in Southern Arizona, um, protection of this river whether it's by the state or at the federal level is of the utmost importance. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's just something that the river does, the river deserves. And I think we all deserve for the collective effort that the Southern Arizona community has put into the restoration and the continued pushes for more flows in the river, more volumes of water in the river. Uh, it's a, it's a system that deserves protection. All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us to talk about the Santa Cruz. My pleasure. Anytime. That was Luke Cole with the Sonoran Institute, an environmental nonprofit based in Tucson.
You can find a link to the survey where you can give your thoughts on which river improvement projects the county should prioritize on our website. We're spending this week talking about the Santa Cruz River, which has sections that flow year-round that are protected from pollution under the Clean Water Act. But many other rivers and streams lost that protection earlier this year after changes made by the Trump administration. This year, the Arizona Department of Environmental Quality has been working on a new set of statewide surface water quality regulations. Now, as Ariana Brocious reports, the agency is seeking public feedback on draft legislation to create those rules. Changes made by the Trump administration earlier this year excluded a significant number of streams, washes, and creeks from federal protection under the Clean Water Act. Most notably, ephemeral waters, those that only flow after rain or snow, are no longer protected. The Arizona Department of Environmental Quality has been working on a way to cover that regulatory gap. If approved by the legislature, ADEQ's program will apply current regulations for federal waters to a list of state-designated waterways that have lost federal protection. But ephemeral waters will still be excluded, unless they're a conduit for pollution to reach a protected waterway, says Ben Bryce with ADEQ. So our proposal would require permits for discharges to protected perennial and intermittent waters, even if those discharges are initially made to upstream ephemeral features. The agency is currently evaluating a list of nearly 800 waterways to be included under state protections. That includes drinking water sources, the state's eight major rivers, and waters used for fishing and recreation. ADEQ is taking public feedback on the draft legislation for the next week and plans to introduce it during the upcoming legislative session. That was Ariana Brocious, reporter and producer of The Buzz. You can find a link to share your feedback on the draft legislation on our website. As we discussed before the break, Pima County and the Sonoran Institute partner on an annual report taking stock of the health of the Santa Cruz River. We talked with Evan Canfield, the Division Manager for Watershed Studies with the Pima County Regional Flood Control District, to get the county's perspective. He started by talking about the Living River Annual Report. You know, it's called the Living River because I I think it is an improving river, and I think... uh, Historically, we have uh, loved our flowing rivers to death. So, um, you know, we continue to see improving uh, insect communities along the river, and that's kind of baseline. You know, in 2014, before the uh, upgrades, the most common insect was a thing called a blood midge. So they were really kind of creepy, not very nice critters. And uh, this year we had Dragonfly Day on the Santa Cruz. So uh, it's actually you know, abundant uh, and diverse dragonflies. So um, you know, that's one indicator. This is the second year we've done Dragonfly Day. And as we've described, the, the water quality's gotten better. And, and I think, uh, and the, the ecosystem's gotten better. But uh, I think in terms of the living river, I think we've migrated to, we're just gonna tell you about how much better it's getting to how can we make it more of an amenity for the community? When there are problems with a river, there's always seems to be lots of blame to go around whose fault it is. So things are getting better. Who's responsible for making things better? I mean, I think it's diverse, but uh, you know, I think there's a, there was a, a vision of uh, the the 
the county director and uh, you know county administrator and uh, you know wastewater and us to look at cleaning up the river and looking at amenities. So um, ratepayers, you know, we have to. This was the biggest public works project in, in Pima County history, and it cost the ratepayers who pay the, the the sewer bills a lot of money. And that's part of the reason we did the Living River all these years. It's like this is what's happening. This is where we're getting what we're getting from that. So um, I certainly attribute that to to uh, need to clean up the water. I mean, it was certainly needed but also the vision and uh, the willingness of, of ratepayers to pay for it. Pima County is planning a whole series of river improvements from the stretch north of Grant Road to the county line. Can you explain what some of those are and the need for them? Yeah, so, um, you know, we have things we call uh, non-structural or, or they're, they're uh, river-wide improvements. So we're really ramping up our efforts with Tucson Clean and Beautiful, to do more trash cleanups on the river and Sonoran Institute. Uh, that would be one. And then we're looking at structural ways to keep trash out of the river. You know, vegetation, you know, we're looking at, way, at actively working with Tucson Audubon on removing some salt cedar in the river. You know, those are a couple of the non-structural. Some of the structural ones are, are looking at uh, improvements in the area around where the CDO comes into the Santa Cruz. It's actually a, a, a great location. And, uh, you know, we, we're looking at how to do make amenities, make it more of, a, you know, a path. Um, the loop has been expanded significantly in that area. So there's, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, both wildlife improvements, habitat improvements, and recreational opportunities. And certainly flood protection, you know, and we're trying to tie those together. So there are some places where we have repeat maintenance needs, you know, going into the river because the, the river is undermining some of the bank protection. So we think we can go back in and make a more permanent solution that will also improve habitat. You all are seeking public input right now uh, with a survey for a lot of these projects. Um, how will that help you all to decide what to do first, or is it more complicated than that? Yeah, there, well, I think there's some of these that we recognize are fairly near-term needs. You know, I mentioned the repeat maintenance, and that's like in the area of, of uh, Twin Peaks. The other way to think about this is, is we, we've got a, a concept on the ground that we, we think will look about like this and cost about that much. And so we'll need to look at, first of all, how we're going to pay for it. Um, and secondly, these are just concepts we call 15% plans. So a lot can change between this first draft of a, a thought of what we might do to what we you know, actually build. Uh, but I, I think a lot of this is uh, you know, trying to explain what things are needed, and you're right, there's a question of priority, there's a question of uh, we have a, a concept that we, we think you might like, uh, tell us whether you do or how we could do it differently. So, so I think that that's, that's what I see the value of the, the survey. You know, we like to think that since we worked with stakeholders, and I, what I mean that is, you know, the, the 
people from the town of Marana, city of Tucson, the water providers, the landowners. It, we, we've got things that, that people actually want. Um, but I, I think, you know, we, we, there's a lot, lot that can happen between this first phase of, of ideas and what actually mm -hmm. materializes on the ground. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks, Christopher. That was Evan Canfield with the Pima County Regional Flood Control District. Find a link to the survey where you can give your thoughts on which river improvement projects the county should prioritize on our website. In June 2019, Tucson Water unveiled the Heritage Project on the Santa Cruz River, putting treated wastewater into the river at the base of A Mountain. We talked with Tucson Water Director Tim Tomier to get an update on how the project's going. The Heritage Project is fully operational right now. We're discharging about 800 gallons per minute into the Santa Cruz River, and that water is flowing at the surface of the river. It's actually visible when uh, you're down in the river or at some of the bridge crossings. And it actually flows uh, routinely past the St. Mary Street Bridge. And it also is infiltrating down into the groundwater so that we're actually recharging the aquifer for that uh, future use. Now you've had to stop or cut back the flows a few times, if I remember correctly, and that was partly for vegetation removal and also because of interference from an old landfill, correct? That's right. The first year of the project, maybe even the first 15 months, was really an experiment on finding out how the project will perform, uh, how much recharge will occur, how far downstream will the water flow. Uh, because until you actually turn on a recharge project like that in nature, uh, you really don't know what it's going to do. So we had uh, varied water rates or varied water flow rates based on uh, we had some construction activities, including the flood control district did some sediment removal in that stretch of the river. So we, we had a period of time where we were at low flow or no flow while they did that work. And we also monitor water levels in the groundwater in the aquifer beneath the river. And that is uh, something we had to find the right amount of water flow such that water levels didn't rise and didn't in, in intersect the bottom of a historic landfill. We've been able to avoid that, um, but we have had to adjust the flow rates um, to make sure that we didn't have that, that issue come up. How significant of a problem is that landfill, was that landfill? So the landfill is just an object that we need to be aware of and make sure that we don't create a problem with. So the landfill itself, there's no real water quality issue associated with it right now. And it really has no water quality impact on our project as long as we keep the water levels in the aquifer beneath the bottom of the landfill. So we, we monitor that regularly. And we also, we actually keep at least a 10 or 20 foot um, buffer between the where the water level is and the bottom of the landfill just to make sure that it doesn't um, get away from us because uh, what we don't want to do is have the water intersect the landfill and then potentially mobilize contaminants so it's something we watch for it's pretty typical of a recharge project to have constraints like that and then we just measure uh, we we put the water into the channel at a rate that the water table is relatively stable now, when you first started this, the water flowed further north. Um, now that it doesn't flow as far north, are you still accomplishing what you originally were hoping to accomplish with it? So the simple answer is yes, we are accomplishing 
multiple goals. The project all along had multiple goals. One is the groundwater recharge. A second goal was to have a flowing stretch of the river such that we can attract and then maintain riparian habitat and then ultimately even endangered species. And there was also the goal of the, the people being able to actually aesthetically experience the, the river channel as a flowing along the loop trail. And then of course, any benefits to economic activity or economic development. So all of those goals are still being met. We're, we're putting into the aquifer a little bit less water than we originally thought was the highest potential, but it's definitely a, a meaningful volume of water and it actually is a really great water management outcome. And because of the way the channel's configured now, um, the extent of water flow at the surface is actually almost back to where it was at the peak. It, 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 at one point, it was getting routinely all the way to Grant Road and routinely past Speedway. Right now, it's, it's somewhere between St. Mary's and Speedway. So um, our original goal was only to, to Congress or Cushing Street. So we've gone quite a bit further than that. And the, the outcomes from a environmental standpoint have been amazing. And in fact, in late October, we released the endangered Gila top minnow fish into this stretch of the river, which was way ahead of any even optimistic timeline that we thought would be possible. So all in all, 18 months in, this sounds like it's a success, at least to this point. Uh, time will tell if it continues that way. So does Tucson Water have any other plans for wastewater restoration projects similar to this one? We actually do. Um, Tucson Water is very blessed with the amount of water resources that we have, the ability to store for the future. We have, we have enough for our current needs, and we also have both Colorado River water and municipal effluent available to us that we're actually storing for the future. On that effluent side, we are certainly looking at other opportunities to introduce it into natural drainages, whether that's to extend the flow in the Santa Cruz River, we might even be able to go upstream of where it currently starts, which is right around 29th or Silver Lake. There's certainly the potential to have flow further downstream and maybe even connect all the way to where it flows routinely uh, near Roger Road. And we're even looking at other drainages like the Rito or maybe even the Pantano where we could do something similar. But you know, it always takes time to prove the concept, show the return on investment, and then to, to move to the next one. But we have very ambitious plans for this. That was Tim Tomier, director of Tucson Water. And that's the buzz for this week. We're taking a break next week for the holidays, but we'll be back January 1st. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. Ariana Brocious is the show's producer and editor. Vanessa Ontiveros is our production assistant. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer, and Duncan Moon is the interim news director. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.